day to you all. We are prepared to be on the radio, I think. There's no question about it. This is Ergo, WHPK, Ergo Radio. Com. I'm Kiss. I am Damon. Shout out to all the people listening on Wizard Radio. Shout out to all of our... Uh, the podcast listeners. Yeah, yeah. Any other magical, mysterious oh, way people. Oh, of course. And just all and of just you. you. And just you for existing. Shout out to moms, if wherever she is in the universe. Oh, man. I, sometimes I forget, I've said this before, like that there are just actually people who hear this. So every week, <laughs> I really appreciate that y'all keep coming back and listening to us and our conversations. What we do here, for those of you who this is your first time listening, uh, we showcase conversations with artists, organizers, folks reshaping the culture of our city and our world for the more equitable and the more creative. We have a very special guest up here today uh but before we get to him any community announcements anything you want to plug in yes i know on the 22nd it's a super duper duper dope show all ergo alum jamila woods tasha john doe hosted by jay bambi at the metro i'm pretty sure also ray chardonnay will be djing and shantae will be djing oh man that's, that's... and it's co-hosted by party noir yes oh so man literally that is also super dope but i'm gonna i'm gonna do a, a shoulder pat we are also Super dope. For all of those people have been up here, so yeah. we know what's going on. I want to make very clear that we do not attribute their dopeness to them having been up here. It helped, though. It can't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, 18th, Jami Kwal is at Sub T also that day. Uh, Koryama, did I say her name right? Yeah, Koryama Couture. Koryama Couture. I, well, that was my fear the whole time. I was, was going <laughs> to mess that up. Uh, she's having a, a, a dope piece. Uh, what is it? Queer the Air yeah. this Saturday. Listen to last week. It's a live address. news, this live discussion show. Uh, with uh, black queer identified folks around sexuality and intimacy. Um, also, the Hawazi is back this Saturday. In addition, tonight, that's Thursday night at Kitchen Chicago, Asada's Daughters is doing their fall fundraiser. So even if you can't be there, make sure you support the incredible work they do. Um, and then on the 25th, so that's next week, uh, we've been talking about this for a long time, John Walt Day, uh, Pivot Gang will be performing at Hassa Blues. Uh, tickets are still available, so make sure you are in the building for that. I think it's going to be a very special night. And also, I've really enjoyed seeing this week, they did the, like, we're coming to your school, buy tickets. So I've seen the pictures of, like, the four and five of them, like, just, like, on a campus or, like, in the parking lot of a high school, like, selling tickets. I was like, shout out to, shout out to y'all. John Wall forever, Pivot Gang, super strong. Absolutely. So, we happen to have a particularly wonderful artist and... Uh, someone who honestly has been tangentially involved very early on in the in the ergo this is, trajectory. This is another one of those people on the initial list. Uh huh. And we're, I'm glad that finally we finally got this have you here. <laughs> now we can we can retire. We can finally stay home on Thursdays. <laughs> we have the incomparable Brandon Bro in the building. Bro, bro, cuckoo, cuckoo. How y'all doing? <laughs> so first off, how we always like to start the show um, is with the question. On this day, in this moment, in this season, how is the world treating you? And how are you treating the world? You're going to be right up on the mic. Words. So uh, on this day, in this moment, in this season, season, the world is treating me pretty awesomely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a pretty happy uh, stage in my life. And then uh, today was my, was that, I think, 15-year anniversary on Facebook. Facebook oh, sent me a message. You are Whoa. deep in this the is, game. This is a big day right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that means you were uh, No, it's at 13. It's 13. It's 13. <laughs> so were you you were on there when it was still dot, you had to have a dot edu email? Yeah, yeah, you wow. did. Which is like the like invitation? Yeah. So I, I, that just randomly popped into my Mark mind. Mark Zuckerberg was your actual that. friend. <laughs> exactly. We used to message one another. Yeah. He's like, if you have any suggestions, we're still building yeah, this out. exactly. Trying to see where this could go. That, but, is, um, that is pretty wild. You think about like... Like the first hundred thousand people on Facebook. Yeah, it's like how on Twitter, all the people at Twitter have the best Twitter handles. It's like, yeah, I'm at Susan, because <laughs> that was the only Susan. All right. Um, but beyond the beyond the Facebook anniversary, congratulations on that. I think that's really important, and maybe it's the most important thing we'll talk about. <laughs> great accomplishments. Uh, right. You said how the world's treating you. How are you treating the world? Um, so, I am. I believe I'm. I believe I'm treating the world well. I hope I am, at least. Um, and just it's just really trying to uh, contribute in whatever way I can to artistry yeah. and through the medium that I uh, that I have chosen in this lifetime, mm -hmm. yeah. which is for those who don't know, which is what visual artists, okay. visual artists, uh, 
I also done fine art for a long time. But uh, visual communications, visual art, um, painting, sculpture, I've done everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And we'll go into a lot of that. But let's let's start like in right now. You're like deep in maker mode in this in this week, in yeah, these couple we're weeks. We're like, this is like, you know, usually we do like the more like conversation in the air type but this is like mm -hmm. the first time we're like part of the media there's like something happening <laughs> yeah. you're coming up here doing press and, and you got something really exciting coming up so let, let's yeah. let's start with that and let the people know and get them out uh because because it sounds exciting yeah, yeah so absolutely so i'm uh i um i'm creating a series of portraits for artists in chicago and like the whole the whole theme of the whole point behind the show is is to um make portraits to kind of celebrate the people who have uh, kind of made their own way mm -hmm. in their fields um, in, in spaces that aren't necessarily always designed for you to uh, mm -hmm. create a life that you want to create for yourself. Uh, I think a lot of artists don't get recognition for, for doing that. It takes a lot. Um, in many places, you go a long time eating not necessarily the healthiest thing for you, mm -hmm. um, no access to health care. Just trying to make it as an artist, it, it can be really tough. Um, and then to know that, you know, the, uh, the presence of, uh, of, uh, mental health in our environment within our community is there as well. So just, just acknowledging those people for going through the things that they have yeah. to, to go to, to design the life that they, they want to have for themselves. That's really interesting. I, we, I like to say up here that everything is a projection. So for you, uh, in, in choosing in this project to acknowledge all those folks, like how, have you figured out how to acknowledge those things for yourself or like celebrate yourself for having gone through that? Yeah. Um, and I think I haven't done a whole lot of that, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, but I think in, in many ways, it's just people's reactions to the work, you know, I, the, the work where it is now is a summation of like all of those hours and all of that time that have yeah. been put in of, yeah. of getting to that point. So um, I think I, I'm able to most be in it and both and both um acknowledge that time when I interact with people about the work. Yeah. And when I see it, it in the world and people having a just a natural response to it, like whatever mm -hmm. it is, is it uh, uh, those those moments. And then moments like this too where I get a chance to like speak directly to it yeah. and like talk about artists and talk about like that um with other people and uh share and you know speak with them and share their experiences as well. Yeah, yeah, th that's dope. I mean, to, to Kiss's point about projection and kind of like the internal and the external, um, usually when you are in a place to celebrate others, you are in a good place within yeah. yourself. Like if, mm -hmm. you, if you are not well, it's really hard to like celebrate and be loving to others. Word. So so I, I will take this as like a celebration of yourself as well. But who are some of the people you chose to portray mm -hmm. and like what was that selection process like? Damon just saw that he didn't get chosen, but that's fine. I, I am always salty when I'm not chosen, but it is it is cool. <laughs> Man, at this day and age in Chicago, it is hard. Because yeah, there's so many people yeah, I'm way down so on the list. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we've interviewed 114 people before we had you on. Like, we can't be mad. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, it's it's crazy, man. So for me, uh, some of the folks, well, Andrew Barber is some of, one of the folks that, that stand out just because he just held down Fake Drive for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, just they're out for supporting and finding platforms for these artists that were making that too. So a point of the show is also to speak about the spaces and places in which uh, support those artists in those transitions because I think they are, mm -hmm. uh, are very important. They keep they keep culture together. I had a long conversation with uh, with Andrew on Sunday about how he intentionally wanted uh, Fixture Drive to stay local because uh, he knew that there was so much potential in that. When people wanted him to expand and do you know national knowledge of the stuff, and yeah. exactly. And I'm so glad he did it because it puts that emphasis on it, and it makes um, Fixture Drive niche. And I think all of that stuff is part of the reason why we're experiencing all this growth and all of this uh, positive creative energy coming out of the city right now. Another person, Vic Mensa. Vic Mensa is somebody that uh, I've been I've known for a while since the Kids These Days era, mm -hmm. since like him jumping over the fence trying to get into Lollapalooza era. Mm -hmm. Um, you and, boosted him over the fence, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the statue of limitations of Andrew. It's like my hashtag, I was there. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, man, he, he's another artist that, like, we haven't had a chance to work with on, like, album art or something, anything like that. Um, but I did some design stuff for kids these days for them mm. um, in the day. And then um, 
yeah, things like that. All of the guys, of the whole band, the Okizzy Zay's band, which a lot of my social yeah. social experiment right now. Or shout so. out to Home, also Macy and, and them. Yeah, yeah, band. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, man. Also, JP Floyd performing with uh, Bette Midler for many years, oh, <laughs> which man. is one of the funniest <laughs> trajectories. Yeah, in shout the out, game. JP. That is awesome. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was happening. Yeah, yeah, no, he's like part so of the dope. band, like they're touring oh, the world okay. playing theaters. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, it's a good gig, you know. But I want to. Before we get into into all those other things, since you mm-hmm. since you brought up Fake Shore, and it's something that I've been thinking a lot about, and we've been talking about, um, yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to just like figure out like how much of my critique of Fake Shore is me being a hater, and how much of it is actually legitimate, right? Because mm-hmm. I think uh, there are critiques to be made, and but I'm trying trying to kind of piece that through. So for you, like let's say even coming up before necessarily you knew Andrew, or you were like out in the world as someone who makes things like, was that a site you were checking? Like what was the role that that played for you growing up? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I'll make sure very much caters to musicians, right? Right. Um, I'm very much not a musician. And like, did and, you ever have bars? Uh, oh yeah. I've kind of always had yeah, yeah. like low key bars, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, what I, I, mean? feel it. I feel yeah. like also everyone we've had on the show is like, yeah, I kind of have some bars, had some bars. Like it was a freestyle at, at, at high school or whatever, you know, I had some bars, but, um, did you have a rapper name? No, I didn't have a rapper okay. name. Okay. I had a writer name. What was your? Ooh, what did you write? I, I used to write. I wrote uh, adhesive for a while. I don't know why. That's long. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so I had to shorten it. Then I had a. I wrote scud for some time, too. Um, so I, yeah, I had these. That was my best throw up. So I stuck with scud for a while. Mm-hmm. It was just real simple, four letters, and it looked good. So. Adhesive, you need actually the whole train. The yeah, same you, way you, you do. <laughs> yeah, I, like I would abbreviate it like. Uh, AD adball, just all kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> High school shit. But, but so, uh, so Fake Shore wasn't obviously like catering to your craft. No, no. Well, I mean, they, they used to run these these uh these one articles. They had Joe do it. He run like the best t shirt designs in Chicago, and I was salty about it because I just, I felt like our shirt should have been higher on the list mm-hmm. somewhat. But I mean, it's just it's like it, it's important for that voice to be there. Despite like I don't I don't agree with half the stuff that a lot of these media outlets post and like and put out but i think for them to exist is really important yeah you know they, they need that documentation we need that representation even if like you know we have arguments with with them sometime or it's not exactly how we would have done it that's why i think you know that work is just man you can't you can't beat that you can't beat yeah. somebody like years in the game yeah and that documentation is definitely important i think the the only point and i'm not bringing this up to push back against you oh no it's, it's just it's something that i've been talking about out and i and figured you have a microphone i have they, they <laughs> messed around and gave me a microphone yeah. is it's when the people who are the documenters or the showers the same way that we do up here then become situated as the um the experts or the authorities I, and especially when those people are people who aren't from here like me or him and our white dudes mm-hmm. um, were very often like they become the translators or the authority. And that's mm-hmm. in many ways, not a critique of how he moves because he actually like in sometimes tries to counter that in really good yeah. ways. And the work that he does is not ever really speaking for anybody else. Yeah. Um, it's more a critique of the way that oh, other people the frame system. him. Yeah. So like, I've been a huge fan of all these rebel shows and everything but I, I was very like there was a tweet that was like the people who know Chicago hip hop best. And it's like him and Kevin Koval and Raven yeah. Lene, all people who, except for Andrew, have like done things with. But to have two of those three people be people who don't make music, who aren't from the city mm-hmm. and two of the three of them be white. It was like there's no way that these are the people who know Chicago hip hop. best. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the it doesn't invalidate the importance of that role, like you were mm-hmm. saying. But I do think it's important to be like how do you it's just something i think about in my in my own work it's like how do i not situate myself between opportunities and a community and then like try to make my profit off of being the go-between there yeah so for you but that's like also kind of how the art world works Mm -hmm. for sure is that whether it's dealers or gallery owners or stuff like that the you know there isn't a like in the fine art world, a direct to consumer <laughs> model. Yeah, you can't, like, you can't put your mixtape out. <laughs> or maybe you can't. Is there a version for that? Like, how do you think yeah. about that? Trying to cut out exploitative middlemen? Man, you know, I, I think that's a huge thing, especially in hip hop. I mean, that was something that we were from the very beginning um, being aware of. But it's hard to tell. It's, it's hard to tell what people's true passions mm-hmm. are and where, where they are personally. I mean, you can only hope. And I think that's what a lot of people assume when they put those folks on a list in some way 
that um, there's some authenticity that people resonate with and it's, it's really real. Mm. Um, so, I mean, for me and like kind of navigating that, that's, that's always a thing. Right. And my whole, I, I just want for whatever I create to be real, you know, I'd rather create um, a, a soundboard before, like I count on a gallery to give me one mm-hmm. and, um, and make my art meaningful or whatnot. Right. So that's why I, I create a lot in the world because I, I no one's going to give you the keys to anything right. um and and i think there has to be some level of undeniability about what you do yeah. just period so you really know what you're worth you know yeah. so yeah man I, I like i like right now i'm not a part of any gallery any particular gallery and it's yeah. it's, it's very intentional um yeah and i try i try to move that way and i try to when that when that point comes to collaborate or, or work with an institution like that, then then fine, we'll have that conversation. But I'll definitely know what I'm coming in with. Yeah, and you'll have you'll know the value and the leverage that you bring. You won't be like just glad to be there. Right. You know? Exactly. I, I have a a bigger question, but I want to make sure. Do we get like all of the details of the event and the work that's happening? Now yeah. With the, with the, I'm doing the, some more, some other portraits of some visual artists in that too. I think it's really important to include the visual artists in a lot of these conversations because. Yeah. They don't have a voice a lot of times, um, especially like in, in the music world. I think commu- music is very much a, a product and has been presented to us a product and advertised. And I feel like in a way, um, some in a way sometimes make makes people take away mm. the value that's actually there in the art and what's mm-hmm. being created because we're so used to seeing it all the time. So yeah, I'm doing a couple of musicians uh, as well. Where could people see them? Um, they the the pieces will be on display on November 27th. At the Chicago Art Department from eight, I'm sorry, from five p.m. to eight p.m. Very cool. Yeah. Wow, you got the we, we formally got the plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I so I think a lot about like the the like foundational elements of hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I like question: Is that still like you know the the traditional four? Is that still what it is? Uh, and and my answer is yes before I get started, but mm-hmm. it's just not in the conservative way of like you got to be doing helicopter spins or you got to be scratching or you yeah. got to have a spray can. Um, and that you know instead of saying tagging, it is visual art is an element yeah. of hip hop. And I think you embody that the most of the people that I know in the city of kind of like it being visual art in itself, but mm-hmm. it being hip hop yeah. by nature. Um, so how have you seen that continuum mm-hmm. from like the old days so I, to, yeah. to now? And how do you see things changing in terms yeah. of visual art and hip hop overall? That's a great, that's a great question. I mean, for me, man, you know, um, hip hop is a philosophy and a, an approach to me over the, the, uh, these specific tenets and these specific things. I mean, I think there are a lot of like elitists in the culture that like, this is real hop. This is not real hip hop. If you get money, that's not hip hop. You know what I mean? <laughs> in a lot of a lot of ways. So I mean, that's we, funny. I've never heard it said like that, but that's basically what people say. Yeah, you know, that's what the late nineties were. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's half the people going, "I'm gonna get this money," and they have going, "You shouldn't get that money." Also, we'll take that money. Yeah, right. That's exactly what it came, it boils down to, bro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, that's when I was really into hip late nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when I started b boying and all of that stuff. So, um, how old are you for the record? Uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm 34. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, you yeah. were like seven breakdancers, right? Which has been done. I haven't, yeah. Yeah, bro. I've been, if, you know, if it was a little bit, I don't think you would have asked that so harshly and no, directly. That's true. that's true. That's very true. So, I apologize for my harshness. It's it's all good. It's it is what it is, man. What's your birthday, uh, right? Exactly. Zodiacs. I need all of this, this information. I need to know your personality characteristics. Yeah. Now, anyway, um. <laughs> Yeah, man. It, so, like, for me, that whole conversation was something we had very young, right? You know, like kind of being in those spaces, and and I've uh, I've been doing art like before I was into hip hop. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I found that at like age five. So, our my artistic expression had and it, um had life before I kind of came into. What, what was that moment was. like? Was it just like organic? You had it in you. You were a prodigy, or did somebody like put a pen or a brush in your hand? Well, no, it was it was pretty organic. My father was an artist too, but I, I've been drawing since um, before I can remember. My mom like sometimes she pulled out some old sketches a couple years ago that I had no idea where they came from. Did you draw on the walls in the house? Um, I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I did all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I got into some trouble in the house. But man, like yeah, I just been doing it forever, and I, it's been something um, that I've been 
been good at. And once I got exposure, and then when I came in contact with this hip hop thing, it was just like another level of expression. Mm -hmm. I had no formal performance art training in my school. We didn't have band. We didn't have ways to express. So I found myself coming out of grammar school in high school, um, not feeling fully expressed and really depressed, um, not having that that medium. And I, I had to seek it out. Uh, and I was looking to martial arts for a while, but martial arts cost le- like lessons cost money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we found hip hop, breakdancing was free and that's mm-hmm. what it ended up being. Oh yeah. man, that's like, that's like super, like I know it wasn't the seventies, but that's like super seventies. It's like, <laughs> they was like reading like the Bruce Lee yeah. books yeah, and stuff yeah. and then they started breaking. Exactly. Man. Where, where was that space? Cause the reason why I asked the thing about the elements. Is also that... breakdancing is only free if you don't worry about your outfit. <laughs> <laughs> if you worry about a breakdance outfit, that goes through the roof. Yeah. I, uh, cause when talking to Kiss off mic a lot. I talk about how, like, growing up in the South Side, being super hip-hop in my, like, approach. My dad emceed a little bit in the late 80s, early 90s. Shout out uh, to... Pops. No, what was the... Oh, Gucci D. Yeah. That's my dad, Pops name? Yeah, he was Gucci D. That's funny. Way back before Gucci Man came out. Oh, man. Um, I still got one of his old Gucci wallets in my pocket as uh, I speak. It's all ripped up, though. Um but yeah, I, something that I, I realized is that like I thought it didn't exist anymore, b-boying and like tagging, mm-hmm. because I didn't really like see it or have access to it on the south side. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that there are, have been these spaces and traditions that have conserved it. I just it just feels like it's all like kind of through an organization or somewhere up north. Yeah. And so, how did you? Maybe was it a time difference or or, or in, in relationship to what I'm saying? As somebody who's younger than you, yeah. Do you see what I'm talking about? And yeah. like, how did how did you get into those traditions? Yeah, absolutely, I see it. I mean, I remember being like really young and seeing like breakdancing on TV. We had this like this Mr. T video where he had a segment about like breakdancing. Um, it was just kind of crazy throwback. <laughs> another um, another yeah. shout out to my dad. He got thrown out of a club by Mr. T when yeah. he was like 14. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so funny. My mom told me a story where. She was like under 21 and they went to like a clearly over 21 bar and she ended up uh, setting a napkin on fire because they were like really nervous. And Mr. T is the one that came to the table and put the fire out. Or something like that. So like, I think he's just everywhere. Yeah. He's nowhere he just and everywhere. The bouncer. She, she like it's not, it wasn't a specific oh, place. So, that's so dope, man. I love Mr. T. I what love do you think of the too. odds that both of these, neither of them were Mr. T. It was just a dude dressed as Mr. T <laughs> yeah. saying I'm Mr. T. Right. He had, he had like doppelgangers. All <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an MF Doom type of thing. <laughs> so you had, a, you had a video, a Mr. T video. Yeah, yeah. So like, right. So when I was like, like, and we would, it was, it was good, you know, to like a lot of the cheesy, like that, well, I don't say it's cheesy core, but you know, a lot of that stuff was, was meant to appeal to kids. Right. So it was, it was really well done and it had some really positive messages in it. And my grandmother used to watch, she would like babysit kids. Mm-hmm. So she would play it all day. And all of the kids, um, even when I was getting older, wanted to see the Mr. T tape. So Mr. T was on repeat all day <laughs> in the house. I mean, it was Disney movies and it was the Mr. T tape. Oh, but so things like that was like early exposure to it. I remember like my uncles being into Run DMC when I was like a kid. Mm-hmm. kid. But then once the 90s hit, it, I don't know if you guys even remember, but there was like this kind of resurgence in like hip hop for media and like breakdancing for mm. media, right? Yeah. So the Gap did this ad yeah, where yeah, there yeah. was like, you know, it was like they, for the khakis where it was a B-boy like commercial. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And then um, Sway and Tech was doing that thing. They had the song called The Anthem where they had B-boys in the video. So you start to see these things surface here and there. Yeah, and it had kind of like post like 84 kind of not been marketable mm-hmm. and then these companies like kind of brought it back up and yeah. visible again. Well, yeah, and a lot of those people in in the culture that were deep in the culture, I think there was space for the beginning to be space for them in the commercial world. Mm-hmm. So when you saw the resurgence of of breaking, you heard a, a, like what was called breaking. You heard a lot of people up calling it. No, this is b boying. Yeah. Really speaking to what it was because yeah. they realized in the eighties a lot of that stuff was kind of put on just because it was like flashy for TV, right? Yeah. So, also, like in front of like you ever see the video of them breakdancing in front of Reagan. <laughs> at his yeah. inaugur at some like big inauguration ball, there was like a group of break, and he's just sitting there like, oh, that's so that's so crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like that's just that's strange. Well, that's a, that's, that's an strange. odd story. We gotta yeah. get someone from that up here. Yeah, yeah, but just like yeah, the the um like the co optation and appropriation of it kind of like uh-huh. took away its significance. Yeah, and then I feel like on the on the the, the like the writing tagging side, I feel like as like the the war on drugs, war on gang, like 
mass incarceration mm-hmm. thing increased and like the, the the penalties this is just my like yeah. fake analysis it's like as the penalties were so high just for like standing on the corner together it felt like or it feels like the risk of like me trying to write my name somewhere isn't mm-hmm. worth it do you think what do you think on the the history as somebody who did writing because uh, it just is something that i have an embarrassingly limited amount of knowledge about yeah so i mean for me you know it's it's that whole Vandalism, right? That's what, it, that's what it's, it's called. It's, it's coined as vandalism. And I got arrested for scratch bombing, like on the train once. That's when I kind of chilled because it was just too much for my mom. Yeah. You know, my mom's an Aries. And she's just like, so my it's just too much. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So I, I just had to like, you know, just chill after I got caught scratch bombing. I'm not doing that anymore. Mom, sorry. So, um, yeah. She is a loyal listener. Yeah, right. right exactly. Shout out to mom. <laughs> I, I was like actually reliving my, my moment when I was 17, actually speaking to her in, in that time. So yeah, how, no, how did that come <laughs> let's, let's get into it. How did that conversation go? So, I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff is like, you know, it's like, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you writing on the train? You know what I mean? Because my, my parents are from like, from like the 70s era. That's when they, they were like, you know, they were disco and stuff like that. So a lot of the new stuff, I mean, hip hop was, you got to say it was like radically different than... Right. Everything else that was going on was like, why are y'all spinning on y'all heads? Why are y'all writing on walls? Like, what y'all just talking on this song? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, so it's, I feel like it was it's a huge uh, it was a huge thing. And then in in my household and my mom, they weren't really in the house music. Mm. Where a lot of like Chicago homes, yeah, like yeah. Southside, they were in the house. They really didn't dig a house. They were in the soul and, and funk mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I mean, that was like the the transition, right? So out of disco, house was born. Right. And around the same time, hip-hop was kind of right. forming, but right? And then it had to find its way out here. Hip-hop had to find its way out here. Yeah. So that, that's like where the like the lag timeline, it seems like, comes from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you would see it. You know, you hear stuff on the radio, right? You hear Sugar Hill Gang. You hear other things. But there was no presence, right? right. So, you know, I don't, I don't know when, like, the first... I can't quote it right now when the first B-Boy crew or whatever was, like, formed in Chicago. Yeah. I know they were doing it in the 80s as well because they were seeing stuff there. So there's a lot of cats on the wet. Like Crucial Conflict, they used to B-boy back in the day. Whoa, like a lot of people. That. Yeah, crazy. like um, Cole Hart still has windmills. He Just like uh, <laughs> if you ask That's Common cool. to get down on some windmills, he'll still bust some mills for oh, you. Man. You know? That's so amazing. the culture, though, a lot of times it, were, it wasn't in the mainstream. It was still happening in the right. ghettos because people were coming to the same conclusions. Like we don't have these outlets. We don't have these things to do. Right. We have to make our other stuff. Yeah. So they, they're sharing information whether it's people traveling from a different place showing them information, whether you have VHS tapes, whatever else. Mr. T tapes. Yeah, Mr. T tapes, right. You know, and and we were seeing that in the 80s. So yeah, no, I hear what you said. That's really yeah. interesting, right? Is like sometimes, especially when we're talking about the like visibility of something, mm-hmm. you when something's not marketable, we lose sight of the way it evolves and mm-hmm. continues mm-hmm. And, and like the role it plays as an outlet for for people just, yeah. just because like galleries or advertising agencies don't think that it's like what will sell in that moment. It's mm-hmm, still like mm-hmm. being done and it's still vibrant. Yeah. Thanks for getting us back on track. Cause I totally forgot what you No, doing. it was fat. Look, <laughs> no, I'm, this, I'm, that's, that's what we that's, do. <laughs> I'm not new to this. This isn't my first video, <laughs> yeah. but let, let's skip, let's skip ahead a little bit. So you're, so you're, uh, you're breaking and you're tagging yeah. uh, or you're writing. So even to break out of the timeline again, you're talking about getting in trouble for scratch bombing. Yeah. And then now you're doing designs for corporations that take up whole trains, right? Yeah. And you're, you're putting your art on the side of a train. You did this collaboration with Bud Light that's right, like right, right, yeah. a whole train car. Mm-hmm. Um, was that... Man, that's crazy. Good question, the way you just did that. That's crazy. <laughs> was that like a week... Was that fully a celebration for you to be like, well, look, first I got in trouble for this, now I get to take the whole train. Yeah. And it's my design. Or like, was there any tension in these collaborations with corporations to be like, the only way that I get to make space for my art is if I'm doing it like in collaboration with a big ass company that sells beer mm-hmm. and like not good beer. No, you don't have to say that. I know <laughs> yeah. you have a question. Did it feel weird to be like, the only way I can write on this train is if I'm doing it in the name of this company. So um, for me, man, you know, I had to, my commitment has always been like to to culture and to passion, right? Mm-hmm. And the projects that I've worked on because they felt right in some way and because um, they were authentic in some way. My whole conversation with hip hop and culture has always from a very young age been about um, what I'm contri- contributing to it. Because mm-hmm. that was just a conversation that was going around by like the elders at the time yeah. about 
hip hop and about the, even that, that part of that elitist conversation. I think mm. within within that is a lot of uh, of value and a lot of integrity and a lot of uh, really great intentions in in a lot of those things. Um, so from the very beginning, it was about con- contribution. So all I've been doing this time is just contributing as much as I can to the culture and being as as a and as a, as a powerful way as I can. And that's mm. why um, my Art. That's why I started doing album covers for friends yeah. because I, I like viewed it in that way, and I thought of myself to be the best at it. Right. right? From that, like a lot of these other opportunities opened up. Right. A lot of these things are surreal, and I don't even know if they've set in at this point, but they are as they are. And even with this opportunity, opportunity with Bud Light, I couldn't have saw that coming. But when it came, I knew exactly what to do. Mm. And it's because I've been studying. I've been tr- I've been putting in that work for so long. I've been not allowed in certain positions. I've not been allowed in certain doors. I've been very passionate about things and people didn't know how to interpret that. Mm. I've worked in ad agencies for 10 years, never had a creative director or never had these roles, had to do all that stuff Mm. on my own because they just don't get it. Mm. In a lot of ways now, they still just don't get it. So, you know, that's kind of how I've seen it. It, it It's very surreal. And even to have I was I wasn't expecting it, but you know when when media or brands get behind things, they have to put their stamp on it. They have to make it mm-hmm. larger than life. So a lot of that is like, wow, I didn't know they were gonna put my signature that big on the train. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. Right. this is how they they're getting their thing, and you know I'm helping them win, and they're helping me with this visibility, yeah. and they're my benefactors at this point. You know mm-hmm. they like in in a way like they're 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 like the the modern day. Um, the sponsored Medici. The Medici. Yeah, exactly. Kanye stuff. Yeah. He's yeah, looking no, for a Kanye Medici quote, man. I feel like these last two minutes we went Kanye and Jason. That whole conversation. They're like, I was at the ad agency. They didn't understand. Like, I'm trying to design water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> when I go in the Louis Vuitton store, I feel like Nelson Mandela and I want to break the walls down. It's funny. I actually really love that. That's movie. a crazy That's one. Like, That's the best. No, oh, it was man. actually really powerful. Like, Looking back at it, it's kind of like, all right, see where it's... T- all right, I don't want to do any Kanye talk because yeah. it, it hurts, uh, but it's also love. Um, okay, I have something I want to put on you, okay. and you're going to have to accept it, okay. right? Okay. It's a free teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we kind of, like, went through the narrative of, like, coming up and, like, being on the outskirts or being radical in the sense of, like, breaking it and riding on trains. I met you, uh, like, I think it was New Year's Eve, actually, 2013, going into 2014 yeah. out in L.A., and... From then until now, I see you with a reverence. And the thing that I put on you is that you are definitely like of the cool people. Like you're one of the the cool guys out here. Word. One, do you accept? Two, you have to accept. So one, do you accept actually? <laughs> Two, it doesn't matter. At what point did you was do you think that transition happened of like going from like, you know, breakdancing to like, oh, I'm I'm in the midst of something. I'm in a cultural moment. Mm-hmm. Was it was it in the fashion entry? Mm-hmm. Was it hanging around rappers? Was something in your own yeah. practice? When did you know you had access? But, yeah. but you are you are officially cool now and you like a big homie when I see you out. Word. And so when I want to know how that feels thank hearing you. it. Another great when you accepted it. No, that's that's great. That's thank you. Another great question. I think I think there was a a, a moment within my um with in my professional life and career where I I did the culture stuff I did the, though I, it was about, it was all about contribution it was a moment where I really got the value of that mm. and it was when I started to see that the things that I was doing for culture like covers or whatever it was missed like missed like mystifying like mysterious to the people in the, these agencies and they mm. wanted to know about they bring me in the office to have interviews with me to talk about that because they want to know how you did it like you know all, all this stuff <laughs> and then um you know I, in those moments, you get a chance to really kind of see culture is is very, very powerful. And there is something there. There's a value there. There's thing, something that I invested in over a long amount of time. Even when I didn't intend to, I was just being in this space that um, is is very useful and admirable and um, just like, an, like a great resource a lot of times for, for folks too, man. And like... I I got that at some point, man, and it was just like it, you know it's cool. But like I said, even within all of that stuff and and being the cool, I accept the you know even with all that, it's just like <laughs> it can be hard, especially for visual artists sometimes to like have a voice in these things, yeah. to have even ownership over the things that they put out. All of these companies, all of these individuals, they want full ownership over the artwork that you create for these projects and the artists you create. You know, for all of this stuff, that's and that's tough because you know um, the guy who helped write the chorus or write the baseline on the song 
he has ownership in the song. Hopefully, yeah. You know, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, hopefully, right? But that's you know, so it's it's difficult. It's still a, like a long way to go. Yeah. In in that in that way. And that's really interesting because I'm thinking about you know we we were talking before about fashion kind of being the first and like some of the like streetwear brands being kind of the first thing that kind of exploded in the city and then I would say music after that. Um, for those let's you know with music being kind of the thing that spilled over into the rest of the world and and has propelled a lot of things Mm -hmm. um in your relationships with artists or in less with the artists themselves but more in the machinery around music and doing cover art and stuff like that uh how have you had to learn to advocate for yourself or like what are the what are the ways to be in that world that doesn't feel exploitative to you as a visual artist um man you know um imagine you know just see it and and work toward it you know because a lot of times in certain projects, you don't necessarily, like, you can't have the full yeah. expression you want, but mm-hmm. because of those projects, you get other things where you're able to express those things and you are able to build your world. I think the great thing about being a, um, a visual artist or, some, or, you know, that type of person, you can touch a lot of different mm-hmm. brands and be influential in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just try to, I try to, create that reality that's like i'm designing that reality right. now where you know the these concerns of mine are spoken to up front yeah and um i mean that's the whole point man you know is like i don't know i don't i don't know what i'm exactly i don't know the exact specs of the machine or like the universe that i'm building right now but it's being developed and I have a mm. couple of fundamental like rules mm. about it. What are those, what are the rules you have figured out so far? <laughs> just, uh, just about, um, you know, how I want the work to be seen, how, do, how I want the work to be interacted with, mm. um, what I'm going to develop, how it ties to community, why that's important to me. Yeah. D- simple stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, and um, now uh, the rest, a lot of these conversations are just, figuring out what way, what shows to do when, right. where to place them in order to really but you know get what that you're working towards. Yeah, point, exactly, yeah. exactly. But it and it shows it shows up a lot of times though. Even like this, man, I think I feel like I feel like the best thing to do and at first it was like for for going about my career, like my outlook was design as much as you can, be behind the wheel as much as you can. Mm-hmm you know, to get to that place. But as I grow and I develop, I just get that life, the creativity, all this stuff is a collaboration between yourself and the universe. And there's mm-hmm. just certain things you can't speak for. There's some certain things, certain things you have to yield to mm-hmm. and, um, and, and really check how you're viewing this situation in order to get through to the next step. Is there an example of something recently that's like reminded you of that or helped you kind of see that? Yeah, I mean, all of it, like even the Bud Light projects, those yeah. things come in the in the way, right? I, so I'm trying to do this studio art thing, right. and that's my big thing, right? And then these opportunities, people are seeking me out for commercial work because right. of the success of some of my commercial work. Right. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, my job now is to be creative enough to create a body of work from this that I can actually, that I actually want to show in 20 years. Right. And at the same time, built with this brand in right. some way because you know that you are valuable to them right they, like you were saying you can now recognize your value and they recognize your value it's how do you make mm-hmm. sure that like that is valuable to yeah, you how do i yeah. get, get more than a check out of this yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. and how, how does it feed my soul how does it feed things i mean even with this red bull event i try to look at every opportunity is that yeah. like what this is gonna this is helping me because it's helping me increase my output it's mm-hmm. helping me this show I'm working on next year is going to be crazy. I'm doing like portraits of my family, my whole family. Mm, that's beautiful. So like yeah. this, this. And now you already have a motif. Or yeah. A, 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 a system I'm yeah, like yeah. building, I'm crafting, like I know what I can do now. Yeah. And I can now executing that is a lot more. So, so I, I try to look at the opportunities like that. I'm here at the radio station because they reached out to me about this. I would probably just be in the studio painting yeah. all day and if you guys had a conversation <laughs> which i take not personally no no, no. It's fine. Mine, mine as well but that's <laughs> the, like man and it, it's, it's that's another thing that's tough it's tough to, to manage i need a, i need assistance i need yeah. you know because it's hard to kind of be pulled away 
from the art. It's yeah. it's it's uh it's magnetic. You get in a trance and yeah. you just want to create. So what is what does that being in the cave mode look like for you? Like you were saying, that's that's kind of where you are now. Yeah, yeah. So like for me, it's uh, not worrying so much about what I'm wearing. That's why sometimes. It's kind of hard. Like people want me to be like this brand ambassador and dress mm-hmm. cool. A lot of times I just don't give a shit because I don't have time to give a shit. <laughs> so, you know, like I'm I'm just waking up and I'm going straight to the studio. Or I'm waking up in the studio yeah. and I'm painting to like 7 a.m. Yeah. and get my three, four hours of sleep or whatever. And I'm back at it again. That's what like the cave yeah. looks like, you know. Um, not going out and being super socially awkward when you finally do go out because you haven't talked to anyone in four days. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and you just feel the voice gag weird. Frogs, <laughs> in it. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly man. Now, so yeah, that's well, what it's can, like. One thing, just off that, how do you balance that with um, having a sense like if that's what you need for your craft? How do you balance that with the sense of what you need for your life to be? Yeah, okay? well, that's what I'm doing now, and I think this opportunity also, and there's a lesson in that. You know, saying the universe like shows you things. So the lesson within that is that I need to right now is I need to pay attention to that because I've been really short with people and like I've, it, it affects you in other ways. You kind of don't see at this yeah. time, like uh, ambitious nature or just wanting to get something and having yeah. having one goal. So, um, yeah, man, I'm like I'm I'm constantly in maintenance uh, with that and I'm mm-hmm. constantly in conversation on how to do that more effectively yeah. and how to be more responsible. Yeah. How do you think about that in relation to your to mental health also? Because yeah. first of all, I have the T-shirt. I think it's like one of my favorite shirts. Word. Brennan did this incredible uh, mental health is real design that is one of like the coolest shirts. I'm like not a T-shirt guy and I'm geeked. Oh, he was very geeked about that shirt. <laughs> I like waited for a special night to wear yeah, it. Yeah, we I'm had like, like a party uh, where he so got a little dope. thing on it. We had to like get it clean. We had yeah. to like get water and baking soda. Yeah, yeah. The whole That's thing. what it's about though, man. <laughs> like for me, I mean, it's about making stuff like that. Like if I'm going to do T-shirts, you know, I was doing a T-shirt thing. Yeah. A while ago and fashion can take you a lot of different places man mm-hmm. i mean it's really about like what you create what you set out to do but i realized for me toward the end of like the brand it's important that there's some other external meaning mm-hmm. or other external grounding right. beyond myself yeah. baked into whatever i'm creating for these objects you want to name the brand just just for um it's just oh yeah the the brand i used oh, to run with a friend of mine we were up here we were like on pugs's show Shout like out. maybe five years ago, yeah, and we did an interview. That's good. I didn't, man, I'm dating myself like yeah. crazy. I was, like, I was on Pug Show about four or five years yeah, ago. Yeah, there we so, go. So, yeah, it's so not too old. it was called N12 Court. I was on Mr. T Show. <laughs> <laughs> good one. That's, that's, that's super dope. But you, you seriously? You, no, no. Okay. no. You got, no, you got me you with that. Though. So <laughs> no, no. So what I was saying, the brand, the brand's name was uh, N12 Corp. It was a T-shirt. It was super dope. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a company I, I like. I ran with my friend Juan Sanchez. And uh, it was fun. It was a fun time. Yeah. When we talk about Renaissance, I think what fashion, the, the combination of fashion, aesthetic, and visual art was really a big, and space, right? Because there were actual stores. Mm-hmm. It was a real big foundation of like what is happening now on such a big level. Uh, and speaking of which, I think we've done a really, really good job uh, to be 45 minutes in and have not said Chance the Rapper's name yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so without like, like getting into the the specifics or, or asking the questions you get asked a million times. Cause that's something like as a, a fan of yours, it is exciting to see, but something that causes discomfort of you being discussed or engaged as the chance, the rapper cover art guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so one, I want to talk about like how to navigate that space with him breaking so many ceilings and like be- pretty much surpassing chief Keith and, almost Kanye in this contemporary moment Mm -hmm. of being the pop culture figurehead of Chicago. Uh, But I just remember even before I knew it was you seeing the 10 day stuff and being envious of like, man, this is really, really cool. How did he get such a a great visual representation? Yeah. Um, And for you to stay with that thread through his entire career up until this point. Mm -hmm. And to really, I think, I don't think any other cover art has been discussed as much in hip hop, outside of maybe like graduation, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. And, and that whole outlay. This is the gas you up portion. Of yeah, the show. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I mean it's you obviously super dope and, 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 and significant. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, talk talk a little bit about how the, the the space you're in now is about, like you said, building from opportunity, but yeah. also trying to distinguish and not be pigeonholed mm-hmm. to the cover art guy of you know acid rap and and 10 day and coloring book mm-hmm. you know but it's also super super raw thank you time. man yeah no that's that's you know that's a good question are you well, great just questions the last line we appreciate it man thank you. so uh so man i want what i want to say about that is that um 
you know, oftentimes when you choose something that you 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 want to do that you you're passionate about, um, I feel as if um, my intention isn't initially to make money off of this thing or like to ride this thing out until it's not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. I try different things because they feel right and because for the moment um, or like in that time, I needed to express myself in that way, and I just I'm try. I, careful about how I train people to relate to me in that respect Mm -hmm. because a lot like a lot of times when you do something if you do it almost too much and you you're you're really good at it people will only be able to see you in that light Mm -hmm. so um and I've seen it so much throughout my career you know so I can identify it and I can pivot you know and I can go different directions because I like I get what that's about and I I understand it's, it's how we work right it's just how it's how we've been geared and grown to survive how we have we evolved it's a lot simple for us so um i just try to like keep it fresh and keep it new with each project i'm doing i just directed a, a digital series for pbs with my friend nick castle hey, recently that's, that's cool that's coming out the top of the year um you know i do these like these these package design things i have something coming out next year with some package design with a brand um so yeah i just try to keep it keep it fresh in that way as far as the chance stuff, I mean that that was amazing. I mean, you were on billboards all over the country. Yeah, that was you know? that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, but you know, and I feel like it was it was it's filling the universe the universe's purpose in some way. Like I don't think he's where he is accidentally. I think he's a person for that job, hmm. and in in a way, he's been chosen for that that job in a very like and it, and this yeah, when you say that who chosen by who? Um, um, I I I don't like to put. Uh, a name or specific identity to God or like to like the universal order, like creator of this idea of God. But I, I would say like, I would say universe. And that, and I think part of that is being chosen in the real world too. Yeah. And being in that position that seems to be well fit for yeah. him to do what he yeah, needs to do. It's like a well, like, it fits like a well-tailored jacket. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody so looks out of place when they're in that role. Right. The same way, like I'm sure when you're in the studio, you're like, oh, no, this is where I was supposed to be. Or like when we're up here talking to people, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is the space. Where, this is our natural habitat. Yeah. Know? And I mean, it's partly within us. It's part of us like rationalizing like what we're doing and finding purpose and meaning for, sure. for what we're up to. Sure. But in that same way, it's just like, I think the the world and the things that happen in the world is a combination between the universe and like your individual drive and ambition. And you got to know when to take the wheel and you got to know when to chill. You know yeah. what I mean? So I feel like, and that's, that's what's been happening. The way that stuff came together is is beyond me, beyond any type of planning, beyond a lot of things, and I acknowledge that. And as much as I like, I, I like would like to take credit for like all aspects about it, or there's some so much available from taking credit from all aspects of it. No, nah, it just puts me in a position where people expecting me to re- repeat stuff like that, and it's just not like that. It's right. like this is beyond us. It's bigger than chance. You know what I mean? Um, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than bigger right, than all of us. It's about a moment and like a like a an alchemy almost. Yeah, like the, the pieces all kind of come together in this perfect way. A- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a. I'm excited to talk to you, man. I'm, I'm disappointed we only got ten minutes now. <laughs> um, so th- there's a question that that I like to ask a lot about, like giving advice to your younger self. But I want to yeah. kind of contextualize oh, yeah, it, let it with a uh, with a moment I ha- had with you, like the. The, like the day after I met you, we hung out a little bit uh-huh. and you gave me some advice as an art. I think the, the advice that has stuck with me the most of anybody that's given me advice mm. in the art world. Yeah, I've given you so much advice. <laughs> not, as, not specifically as an artist though, but you've given me some that's good advice right. more as a human being. Um, but I, the, that space where I was in when we were in LA uh, was like trying to figure out where we were and how to maybe be more relatable or how to like maybe take things a step further. Me and my sister were rapping. And like the thing I was feeling is like, I know I like these bars and I know they are well crafted, but I understand that it is a lot. It is complicated, right? Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out how to be like more digestible and more packageable. And what you said was, I don't know if you remember this, you compared it to like math or science, art in general, not just mm-hmm. like rapping or hip hop. And you said like the best equation or the best formula has like either a control or a constant and the strongest formulas or equations have as few variables as possible. Mm-hmm. So if you have too many variables going on, it is difficult to get like an answer. And so then as an audience, it is difficult to receive. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say thank you for that. That was just That's like- excellent advice. Do you remember saying that? Or have you said that to other people before? I'm not saying, I'm going to use that again. Yeah, that no, was good. No, it, no, it, was, was, it was ill. It was ill. So outside Thanks, of man. that, now that you are like certified cool, right? Like 
pre cool or coming into cool Brandon. Pre pre cool or 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 very early cool Brandon. What is some either artistic or life advice you would give that dude in terms of, oh, of how to take next steps? Um for all you pre cool people out there. Man, you know, <laughs> I I think one of the things, you know, I would say is uh you don't have to try so hard, you know, (laughs) you know, you can, you know, you, you are you. And that's, that's what, that's all you really need. Like not to say you don't need anything outside of that, but you know, we, we, we're inundated with information, with um, content. Everyone's trying to sell us something and tell ourselves that we're less than what we are and try to sell us on this idea, this idea that's like bigger than life. Yeah. But I feel like you never can get to that point if you don't go within yeah. and you don't resolve or reconcile things with yourself, forgive yourself for certain mm-hmm. things and just not try so hard. Just be, you know what I mean? Um, I feel like you don't get to those places if you can't find the will to do that. I feel like I've seen people in their careers and for a long time I was like looking for this, searching for this thing outside of self. Yeah. And uh, it's like, it's chasing your tail in a lot of ways. How did you learn to recognize that? Um, that self-reflection? I mean, through through a lot, through a lot of, um, I mean, I, I put myself through science experiments all the time. <laughs> I go through, I take classes, I go through, I, I used to, especially like, you know, like my mid-20s and stuff mm-hmm. like that, even early, I was doing um, spirituality work, healing, like meditation. Yeah. I was doing leadership training, like the internal and the external. I was doing Qigong for a number of years. So, man, I think it's just a culmination of just kind of being in all of those spaces and a realization coming to that a lot of the, even with the ad agency thing, you know, I wanted to be in this world and, you know, you, you put, no, you go in this office and you put on in some way to like, okay, cool, maybe I'll get to this, this thing. And the things that are most meaningful that I put out into the world come from my community is like right on 79th street. You know what I mean? The people and the conversations and the things that we're talking about is like, like light years ahead of what they're trying to do in these offices in many ways mm-hmm. and seeing examples of things like that in life is like okay you don't even need to try so hard man just <laughs> chill just like yeah. be you in your space and like you'll you'll arrive you know but it's really hard to remember that when you are someone with drive and ambition mm-hmm. right oh yeah to, to figure out how to Absolutely. like one accept mm-hmm. yourself and also like not get complacent like not because what you're saying is not don't have drive Right. It's not saying don't try to get better at your craft. Right. Right. It's like do, do that work within but, yourself. Yeah, but Dig don't in, try right. to like direct that drive and ambition inward, mm-hmm. as opposed to like trying to be like, well, if I can get in that room, yeah, then finally it'll all be resolved. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I want I want to do what that person did. I want to I want it to be like this. It should feel like that. It's it's great to have mood boards, man. It's great to have that stuff when you like crafting your vision. But like I said, I think a lot of that stuff just comes with, from that conversation within. Because nobody can tell your story like you can tell your story. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows the complexity of your story like you know your story. Yeah. Um, and we all have you know, perspective for a reason. There's like so so many uh, other perspectives, so many places I, uh, like perspectives that I have on things that I have yet to realize the value of or how people see them differently. Yeah. Because I'm in this mind, I'm in this physical form my entire life. You know, and I don't realize a lot of times. Like I started this program called Field Trip well, I was taking kids to museums, and we're going to continue. We're going to turn this into a nonprofit. I'm making taking kids to um, art museums on field trips as a way to get to to gain exposure, have them get exposure. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is that, like, I don't know what a kid is going to see when they get in front of this painting. I can't right. account for that in any way because right. the way in which they see the world is completely different right. from the way I see the world. Yeah. But if they don't have exposure to this, and they're not able to even like begin to think yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. You know, we're not giving them that opportunity. Granted, I didn't have that opportunity, but that's not the point. Right. The point is to provide that because yeah. they're going to be creating the future ultimately. Yeah. You so know? for you, in all of that self-discovery, this is a tough question and I don't know if it's answerable, but like what percentage of the things that you've discovered about yourself have you figured out how to translate into your work? Um. Like, does it feel like you are showing yourself to the oh, world? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, dude, I'm strug- I struggle with that. Yeah. You know, I struggle with a lot because I I was a lot of different places at a certain point. I was fitting myself into a lot of different boxes and spaces. Yeah. I don't I, I don't think I've kind of arrived at my final style. I've been, 
you know, this whole thing. Like a lot of artists have have this thing that they do. And sort of my thing is being able to evolve to fit the yeah. situation. Yeah. Right. It's like my my role in, in art and creativity is like more like a, a chameleon type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with a little bit of sauce on top, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so like yeah, chameleon sauce, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. So like, like man, on my burger. I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to like figure that out. Like I'm constantly like in in experimentation um, about about those aspects of of my work. I'm, I'll leave it there. Yeah. Where if you go leave it there, then I think That's it's time. Is yeah, it time no, this is this is maybe the most important part of you being here, David. <laughs> so the right. cornerstone of this show, uh those who who listen consistently know where we're going. Uh it's all about accountability up here, mm-hmm. you know? Uh and there's a sect of the world that has run amok and mm-hmm. and we are here to put a, an active antagonistic stop to it. And those people are R&B singers. And so every <laughs> week we put our guests on the spot and ask them to start beef with an R&B singer of any era and from why. Or not from why. From any era and why. Okay. It could be out of love, but we do not encourage that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> start beef with an R&B singer. Um, okay. So that R&B singer, I would have to say, I would have to say Keith Sweat. Ooh, I like yeah, it. Yeah. I like Woo! it. I yeah. Keith Sweat. We're up and yeah. running. Yeah. Just like Keith Sweat. And I like because I I feel like, I like Keith Sweat must have just finessed somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah. Like he like, he, he had a really hard finesse somewhere yeah. along the line because Keith Sweat is just like it's just crazy. It's like whose ear is yeah. made for this? Like you know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. And you ever hear his like late night radio show? No, he's, no. He's like he like oh, does like clips of this. the this like quiet so you know like the old Quiet Storm shows. Yeah, like, call yeah. In and tell your lady that you. He like has one of those. It's yeah. like national. And it is as Keith Sweat as you can imagine. It's funny, like man. the actual Keith Sweat. I, think it's on I mean, do, yeah, I think yeah. it comes. Maybe on that was really the product with Keith Sweat, like his his vibe or like whatever he. It had to be, yeah, because yeah. and then like I wonder what he was saying in these meetings with people, man. I swear <laughs> to God, because it's like because it's not like he's a looker, he? you know. Yeah. It's, I don't get the voice thing. I don't get it. Yeah, his, his team had to be incredible. He had to have the best team. <laughs> he's, he's good in the room. Yeah, man. He's like good at selling it. Man, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> that's perfect. And that's I don't. I don't have nothing against Keith Sweat at all. But just like, what up? Yeah, I enjoy the nostalgia, all that. But you know, yeah. And as someone who has like had to figure out how to make things, you're like, how did he pull this (laughs) off? Like, who is like, yes, I give you my 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 stamp of approval? Because he wasn't just like out here. He was like big. It was like a moment where he was like the R and B guy. It was was like man, like you're making some Keith Sweat type stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So So we got to get up out of here before we do. Any last plugs, any where they find you, social media, any um, platforms, any any last important yeah, dude, information? Yeah, uh, BrandonBro.com is where you can find Spell me. Spell that bro for him. Uh, Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, bro, B-R-E-A-U-X.com. Uh, Instagram, B-Bro, at B-Bro. Uh, check that out. Uh, Chicago Art Department is where that show is happening on, on uh, November 27th. So come through, 5 to 8. Um, and I want to like, can I touch back on that last sure. piece yeah, you, you had? Yeah, we'll go for yeah. it. Yeah. So um shout out Alan. And and that uh just real quick, just before we, we exit out, you asked me about um about what have I research have I surfaced the things you know about myself and my art and mm-hmm. I spoke specifically about a technique and like style. Yeah. Um but they're also like internal uh yeah. conversations and discussions that I wanna have. And they um uh they, they reveal themselves in really interesting ways. And I'm interested in see how how deep like the rabbit hole actually goes. Man, because it's just so much, man. There's so much that makes makes us us, you know. Yeah. And when you begin to examine it to those people, and 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 you, you um, you think about or remember those people. A lot of a lot of those people in my in my life that were in my early life have passed since. Mm-hmm. So you examine their life, their legacies, and stuff, and you get you know what they've given you and the things they've allowed you to see. So it's just so much. I think. Um, to draw from and I'm looking forward to it in these shows. I guess I'm in this parallel place and in, in, in figuring out um my mark making and figuring out technique and at the same time peeling back layers of yeah. of, uh, of the self and digging deeper, you know. Yeah, no, and it makes sense then that the that the portraiture would be the direction you go with it, right? As you're thinking mm-hmm. about all these different pieces. So even though you're painting a picture of someone else, you're really painting that piece of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. And I want to thank you one the last thing probably before we get out of here the first we go show we ever did 
November 2015, we did like this like live show at the Silver Room, and you were one of the four visual artists who put up your work at that show. I have no idea if you even remember this. Oh, that's dope. We were at the Silver Room, <laughs> and it was like you, RJ Eldridge, oh, yeah, few other people. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember you. you, you yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was very stressed and running around. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, we <laughs> did, hair was different. We, we like yeah, yeah. we like didn't have like nail and hammer or something like that. Yeah, it was something no, wild. I was like going tape. and we looking for tape to like put tape. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, but. To see, like, from that moment, first of all, I would like to take all the credit for your success, <laughs> to my point earlier, but, no, just to see, like, the way that your, like, drive and your hustle has manifested since then in those two years is, like, really exciting, and I'm legitimately a fan of your work, so thank you so much for Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you, brother, man. Yeah, yeah. We, that. We're gonna get out of here, but much love to you. Thank you for coming out, and much love to the people. We'll be back next week. Probably not, actually. We'll probably be back the week after that <laughs> with another interview from Chicago and beyond. M- much love again. Peace. <laughs>